Right then, episode 7 coming to you from a part of North London, Palmer's Green, N13 to be precise. And Coolness Boris has done yet another pirouetting U turn as tier 4 has been belatedly introduced to completely fuck all those Christmas plans we were really looking forward to. In all seriousness, I think I can say after nine months of wall-to-wall COVID news, I am absolutely sick of it. Hopefully not literally, as I've been wearing my masks every time I go out and even wearing gloves sometimes. I've had two COVID tests and both have thankfully come back negative. For the tens of thousands of people testing positive every week, I wish you all a speedy recovery as quickly as possible. The impact on families is massive and I know people have been planning Christmas and have been hoping for an outlet. Truth is we can't let our discipline down now at this late stage as it would throw many people into risk of infection and our brilliant NHS is already very stretched. On the NHS, Bandofla has a message to the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. Mr Hancock, if you do not give these brilliant workers an inflation-busting pay rise, you're an even bigger spalspeen, which is kind of impossible, but hey-ho, um, spalpeen. Look that one up. Um, my new word of the day. I know for some people... It's a difficult subject to talk about. But the one thing we can all be sure about in life is that one day, in the same way we came into this world, we will all depart it. Not sure that sounded right, but you know what I mean. It's not worth stressing about it too much, as that journey might happen a bit quicker than you think. But in all seriousness again, it is something that we need to think about. The cost of burials is massive and if you have not made plans or prepared the chances are that your family will be left with a pretty big problem on their hand but this episode is not going to focus on the financial side we will be talking about the issue of private burials and private cemeteries as more and more people are complaining to their MPs on cemetery issues which are effectively linked to a lack of a lack of regulatory power get my teeth in uh, surrounding a private cemetery which basically means the owner of a private cemetery can charge what they want and do pretty much what they want and if you encounter any issues with a cemetery or the burial there's not really a lot you can do about it so today for this episode we have three powerful women on the show all with excellent knowledge of burials and cemeteries By the end of the episode, I hope you will all feel a bit more informed on the subject. Our first guest is Baroness Meral Eje Hussein, and Meral will be followed by Sam Johnson from the Match Girls 1888 Memorial Campaign. Our show will close after we speak with the leader of Enfield Council, Nessil Chalish Gunn. So, before we start with our first speaker... Um, I'm going to give you an insight into a very emotional journey I experienced when my son died. The time was March 2008. My then wife had a textbook pregnancy. We went into the delivery ward that day expecting to leave with a new baby boy. Sadly, Rashid was stillborn at full term and instead we left the hospital with a box of uh, Rashid's possessions which included uh, a lock of his hair and, and some nail cuttings. It took a while uh, for, for all this to sink in um, and then I had the issue to contend with where I had to bury uh, my, my son and this is my, my story. Okay, like I said, this is my story, um, or I should say, this is Rashid's story. So, I buried my son Rashid at Tottenham Park Cemetery back in March 
2008. I didn't even know Tottenham Park Cemetery existed at the time. When you suffer a bereavement of a close family member, you don't get an opportunity to apply much logic or any at all. Emotion kicks in and overrides everything. At the time, I remember clearly some people politely telling me that there might be better options and that it was not a good cemetery uh, or a cemetery in good condition, I, I should say. When I say they were polite, I mean awfully polite. My son had just died and they knew it was uh, a touchy subject. I didn't listen to him. I learned that we had some family uh, and cousins and friends already laid to rest there. So I thought, what better place for my son to be laid to rest? More fool me. Twelve years on, I'm part of a community group called Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group. We are formed as we all have something in common. We have loved one's family laid to rest in Tottenham Park Cemetery. I won't be alone. Many people listening to this will also have uh, loved ones laid to rest there. The cemetery has a capacity of around 6,500 graves. It's not that big. Um, but for every grave in Tottenham Park Cemetery, there is on average over seven other people buried in that same spot further down. It's not my opinion. That's the view of a Ministry of Justice report that was produced early in 2019, um, January 2019, in fact. I, I would urge you, actually, to get a copy of this report, uh, which was commissioned under the Burials Act, 1855, Section 8. Yes, you heard me correct. The date of uh, legislation that governs and regulates cemetery cemeteries is over 165 years old and it's in terrible need of being updated so we can bring in much needed regulation and monitoring for private cemeteries like Tottenham Park Cemetery. It's become a concrete jungle. Um, there's very little room to manoeuvre to get to the resting place of your loved one. And that is if you are an able-bodied person. If you are a person with a disability and you have mobility issues, it is especially difficult as many of our community members cannot go to see their loved ones as it is simply inaccessible for them to do so. The London Borough of Enfield uh, has expressed serious concerns about the cemetery. The Ministry of Justice is also on record on this issue. The time has come for us all to push for this and other private cemeteries to be properly regulated and to ensure they become a place where we can see there is dignity in death uh, for our loved ones. Uh, we need everyone to get behind our campaign, please. Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group ran an excellent campaign and with the support of the community we saw off the previous owners of the cemetery. The new owner has made improvements, there is no doubt about that. However, if you choose to have your loved ones buried at Tottenham Park Cemetery, you should know that you are not given any right of burial documentation. So you'll pay a minimum of £6,000 just for the plot, £8,000 if you opt to have the deeper plot and my understanding is that all you get in return for this substantial amount of money is a receipt and no proof of burial. This is unacceptable in this day and age and we have to do something about this. Our action group has also been notified of um, some very upsetting news in that a recent um, burial at the same cemetery when a coffin was laid to rest during the backfill of the grave 
there appeared what looked like uh, human, human remains uh, that were exposed. And this brings back very bad memories for us, as the police were involved not that long ago, uh, when human remains were again found by a number of people visiting the cemetery. And the, M the MOJ report, the Minister of Justice report, also refers to this. So this is not hearsay. Ultimately, we do have a choice where we bury our loved ones. There are a number of options where loved ones can be laid to rest. All I'm saying is, do your homework. Make an informed decision. Compare prices. Compare the condition of the cemeteries. Compare if you get right of burial paperwork or deeds, sometimes it's known as. And compare simple things like if you have access, clear access to the grave. You know, you're not going to be thinking of these important points at the time when when someone in your family has died, someone really close to you. So it's good to start thinking about them now. I call on the Imams and all people of faith to ensure that when someone comes to you for guidance around burial options, you are very clear and factual on advice given around private cemeteries and how it compares to other cemeteries in terms of cost, paperwork, etc. The clear view of the community group, Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group, the London Borough of Enfield and that of the Ministry of Justice is that this cemetery should only have burials done where there is a reserved plot. So unless you have uh, a reserved plot, do think carefully about where we lay to rest our loved ones. There is a lot of choice out there and let's make our voices heard. Rest in peace, Rashid. I love you, son. Okay, now we're going to move on to the first of our guest speakers. Um, I'll be very shortly introducing Baroness Meral Hussein Eje. Um, before I bring Meral onto the show, uh, I've got a quick message for Professor Ian Hell, who's currently out in Ibiza. Um, Ian, you sent the show a, a poem as part of our spoken word platform. Really appreciate that. Um, there was a problem with the recording, however, so um, it got, I think it sounds as though it got cut off early. So if you could resend that, we'll be delighted to, to play it uh, in a, a future show. So um, without further ado, let's uh, hear what Meral has to say on the issue of uh, private cemeteries. A warm welcome to Baroness Hussein Eje, OBE. Uh, she's a British Liberal Democrat member of the House of Lords. She's the first woman of Turkish Cypriot origin to be a member of either House of Parliament after she was appointed as a working peer back in 2010. She's been spearheading a local community campaign, which ultimately aims to bring about a change in the law that hopes some form of regulatory control is enforceable on private cemeteries. Meryl, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Fancy. I'm very pleased to be here. Right. When we've been, this whole episode is dedicated to raising awareness around the issue on private cemeteries. We've, we've had some, some other guest speakers planned um, and everyone has got really strong views on this subject. And I know you, you have a, a lot to say on the subject. We're delighted to have you on discussing this issue. Um, but reality is a lot of people won't even know that it's an issue until it's kind of too late. So today we're going to be talking about private burials and specifically private cemeteries. Can you tell us a, a little bit about um, your campaign, the Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group, how it came about, um, who you're lobbying and what you expect to achieve? 
Okay, well, um, I've been visiting Tottenham Park Cemetery for many years because, um, you know, I've got many members of my family are buried there um, and it's essentially many Turkish Cypriots. I'd say thousands are buried there because it was the yeah. early um, cemetery from the 1970s probably that Turkish Cypriots could use. Um, these are before the days when local council cemeteries were appropriate and had areas mm -hmm. that were appropriate for Turkish and other Muslim burials. So, it, you know, traditionally it was. Um, so my brother was buried there over 30 years ago. He died quite young. And then my father yeah. and then my mother three years ago. And I've watched it deteriorate over that period to the point where when my mother died in 2017 and I in the, in the spring and then I went there in the summer, I couldn't believe that I could hardly walk the weeds and the you know it was so bad that I couldn't physically get to their graves so I contacted the owner it was privately owned and then I started to do a bit more research and discovered to my surprise that because it was I mean I knew it was a private burial ground but I just thought there would be some sort of law and regulation so while I was investigating and writing to the local council which was Enfield I, I assumed that they would have some powers of regulation and enforcement especially because, mm -hmm. as far as I was concerned, it was unsafe. It was dangerous. There's no pathways, you know, broken rocks everywhere, rubbish, trees falling down. You name it, it was happening. You know, it was it was a, 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 in a shocking state because it had, had yeah. not been maintained or looked after for many, many years by the owners who were only interested in just burying and taking the money and not interested, wouldn't spend any money on, you know, just general stuff, maintenance, weeding, wouldn't even have gates there were no gates even to lock at night so it was a, a magnet for uh, criminal behavior you know there was drug dealing going on there prostitution and god knows what um so i just started doing that and i lobbied the local authority uh who eventually responded and and, and then i was but in the interim there was already the friends of tottenham park cemetery a charity who'd been looking after it voluntarily these are users from the Turkish Cypriot community who've got family members buried there who every month for years had raised money and who had been taking trying to take care of it themselves even though the owner privately was making enough money to have employed people to do it but of course wouldn't and I yeah. they asked me if I'd join their campaign you know being from parliament and having such a close interest and I, I agreed so I got involved and and it you know and obviously new people such as yourself and others came on board as well and um, I think we started to run a very effective campaign and I thought well given that I'm in parliament it's important that I try to I realised it was the Ministry of Justice who have responsibility in England and Wales for uh, burial burial grounds and crematorium um, particularly mm -hmm. private ones local authorities have got powers under legislation to um, and they're required to provide proper um, appropriate burial uh, spacing uh, in, in the, each London borough, each borough or each county around yeah. the country. But private burial mm -hmm. grounds, there's no such regulation. Nobody's responsible for them apart from the owner and even that the owner doesn't have any responsibilities to ensure that they're maintained, they're safe. Um, so all the rules that apply to local authority, local council um, cemeteries don't apply to private burial grounds it's just a very old 1865 act of parliament which is so out of date it's meaningless so i stopped with some colleagues in the house of laws i started lobbying the uh ministry of justice selling photographs you know just recording things which we did with the action group mm -hmm. working very well together yeah. great great group of activists who have a facebook page um as well um we started recording everything you know just counting doing doing our own audit taking photographs trying to keep a handle on what was really going on there and we discovered some horrific things you know bones uh you know last summer the year before we unfortunately every time it was a new burial we kept finding bones um which we recorded we involved the police because it's actually illegal to exhume graves um, before 75 years and even then you need a license from the Ministry of Justice to uh, reuse or exhume um, somebody who's already buried there but of course this was all mm -hmm. being flouted so 
you know, I've been very active, but I've been lucky that I've got a very strong group of activists uh, who I've been working with. And I've used my position as a parliamentarian to open doors and, well, push open, in fact, sometimes kick open doors that needed needed to be in order to raise awareness because at the end of the day not many people are interested in cemeteries until one day you know you have to bury sadly a loved one and then like I did and then you discover to your horror that there's no regulation in place it's a free-for-all for somebody a private owner to make as much money as they like without any accountability so that's what I've been busy doing over the last three years now Okay, so uh, in terms of the the campaign, what what's the ultimate goal? What's the ultimate objective from from the campaigning? Well, I suppose it's a two prong one. I mean, certainly I'm focused on Tottenham Park Cemetery. Um, I've the um, throughout efforts, the Ministry of Justice at the time, the minister at the time, uh, commissioned a inspection report to to investigate what was going on, and that was produced in December. Uh, 2018 so it's two years ago now and it was published in just in January but it did recommend no more burials only reserve plots because you know it's not mapped properly so nobody knows who's being buried where until that happened it was recommended and of course that's been ignored what now I'm calling for um, and lobbying very hard for is that there should be um, powers given to the local authority uh, to inspect, regulate and if necessary enforce, take enforcement action in the meantime until the law is changed. Now, the law needs to be changed. Yeah. It's been changed in Scotland. There were some cases some years ago where in, I think it was Edinburgh, in um, in, a, in a cemetery there that um, uh, someone who worked there was reselling graves similar to what's happening to be honest, in Tottenham Park Cemetery mm-hmm. that was being reused, was prosecuted. And as a result, yeah. the law was changed. So they came under local authority control. In fact, Scotland appointed, because it's a devolved parliament, they can make their own laws in this matter because uh, it's domestic. Mm-hmm. And they appointed a minister, um, an inspector of cemeteries. So they have somebody very senior who can go out and inspect cemeteries. We don't have that in England. And that's what we need. The law needs to be changed. You cannot have um, anybody, anybody can have a piece of land and open up a cemetery. No regulation, they won't get inspected uh, and just do basically what they like. And we ended up in a situation where many members of our community uh, who don't understand, why would they? You, you don't know what the laws are. I had to find out myself and I work in, you know, I'm in, I'm in Parliament, that you know that you you don't have many rights if you bury in a private cemetery mm. if you're lucky enough to bury in a proper and, and i don't want to condemn all private cemeteries there are private cemeteries that are extremely well run and function well but the local authority uh, cemeteries they you will get proper legal documentation right of burial the graves will be well maintained and looked after you'll be able to you know access the graves of your loved ones very easily in a way that we can't because it's so dangerous. Um, so what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is get the law changed. And I know that will take time and the government's not, you know, it's not going to be a government priority as I've been reminded a few times. However, with recent revelations, we've seen some very bad pa- practice still going on under successive new owners. Um, I mean, our job is to get, the campaign highlight what's going on we've been working with mps as well who've taken now taken a a, a very keen interest because constituents are going to their mps and complaining and they're beginning to notice and beginning to listen so i feel a shift now that we could actually get somewhere and i'm hopeful for the new year that we will certainly see some some improvement into in 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 the situation where we've been you know virtually ignored well i'm i'm hoping that this this episode um, helps you to shine shine a light on the issue, so that you know, because there'll there'll be opportunities to share it extensively, and we will certainly be sending it um, over to you know people in the mm-hmm. Ministry of Justice and, and those MPs who have constituents who would be laid to rest in in yes. that cemetery. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the inspectors' reports. Um, 
medal. And I, I mean, I had a, a, a good read of it very recently, and it, and it does make for some really interesting um, reading. Um, there's a n- number of recommendations that mm-hmm. that were made. Um, I, I think there's 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 kind of some of you know a, a small number of them have been done. I, I think the first the very first one was getting a gate. Uh, put in which uh, I yeah. think the, the um, yeah the only's made that a priority, um, but there's a number of um, a, a number of recommendations on there w- which have all got timescales listed on the recommendation, and uh, you know apart from that first one, I think they've all yeah. all elapsed, um, and not, you know there's either been very slow progress or no progress yeah, uh, so at all. It's disappointing. You make, you, you make. Yeah, you make the point. Um, I, I mean, I, I'll draw uh, listeners' attention to a point that you touched on. The report states clearly that no new graves should be excavated in the cemetery, only those graves reserved individually in the main part of the cemetery, and the identification and excavation of any such reserved graves must be closely monitored to ensure that correct graves are excavated and that previous burials are not disturbed. Now, you've, you've kind of indicated that they're packed in pretty tightly in Tottenham Park yeah, oh Cemetery, yeah. aren't they? In fact, the report states that um, <clears throat> there's an estimate that at least 48,000 people, because it's been open since 1912 and it's been continuously used since 1912. Originally, it was a pauper's grave. But forty-eight thousand, and we're sure I'm sure it's more than that. People have been buried there. Um, they also go on to say that it's at least seven deep, because they keep adding soil. You know, you can compare it to the cemetery next door, which is about three foot lower, four foot lower even. But you can yep. see that it's been you know built up and built up and seven deep. So, for example, that you know we were told by a funeral director last week. That he'd attended a funeral and it was barely two foot they could barely bury the coffin two foot deep um i mean these are shocking revelations and people are shocked to discover that this this sort of thing is going on um but the report was quite clear it's disappointing to me that it was never fully implemented and now i've gone back i had a meeting with the ministry of justice with some mps at the beginning of december and I was promised that they're now going to make take some make, give some serious consideration to what I'm suggesting that the local authority be given the powers. The local authority, the leader of the council, council in this in Chalishkan has been extremely supportive, um, and she has written to the Ministry of Justice separately, um, saying that they are willing to take on responsibility if they're given the powers. And the resources to, you know, to inspect, regulate, to make sure it's properly run as they are because they're experienced. I mean, Enfield Council, like most councils, do run cemeteries and they run them very well. They have to. Um, so it's only fair mm-hmm. and right. And that, you know, this private cemetery, which must be one of, is, I mean, it, it's just deteriorated so much. Um, so that you know anyone that's buried you don't know where who's buried where you can go online into most cemeteries in the country if you've got a name and a, a number you can or date of death you can actually get the plot you can actually go get it online you can't do that for Tottenham Park Cemetery the owner's mm-hmm. been saying he's going to be mapping it for the last two years he hasn't done that there's no evidence that's happened so really the question is when yeah new burials are taking place and they are taking place place on a regular basis just where exactly are they being buried we don't know yeah okay so this is the problem this is the problem okay so we, we touched yeah okay you, you touched on the, the the ministry of justice so uh, and you kind of have uh, indicated what what the goals of of, of the campaign are um but we, we will be making sure that this this um, podcast is sent far and wide so if if the minister responsible for burials um, is, is it Chalk, Mr. Chalk? Yeah. He's the minister of state responsible for uh, burials um, and yeah. cemeteries. And, and shadow and the shadow justice minister and David Lammy. Well, hopefully, see. you know, we have written to him. He's been he's aware of it. Hopefully, he'll come on board and support the campaign because it does affect. He's a Tottenham MP. Yeah. There'll be many, many of his constituents who have uh, family buried there. It, it, it touches. 
most London MPs, I would say, but especially in Enfield, Haringey, Hackney, uh, you know, Islington, South London as well, all over. People all up, you know, from all over are buried there. There's a key here as well, isn't there, that, you know, you have to kind of engage with the community because the government, if they don't hear, um, you know, if they don't hear the kind of anxiety of the community on this issue, they're not going to be pushed into doing anything. So the, the community have a, a responsibility to respond. Yes, to the absolutely. Support. I mean, you know, I think when we've not been as a community very good at lobbying our MPs, but MPs, when they're lobbied, uh, you know, they do take up cases. And that's beginning to happen. Um, certainly two of the Enfield MPs, Kate Osamar and who's Edmonton, which whose constituency see the actual cemetery is in, and Felial Clark, who's Enfield North, mm-hmm. she's they've certainly um, got involved. They're in a meeting with me with the MOJ. And I would urge people to write to their MP, email their MP about this, asking them to lobby, to write to the minister and help support them to get this cemetery properly regulated um, and managed properly. Because at the moment, and it had for many years, it's got a terrible history and our community deserve better than this. You know, why should our people from our communities suffer in this way that, you know, you take your life in your hands when you want to go and visit? There's no pathways. It's, it's you know, it's dangerous. Um, you know, they're buried in yeah. pathways. Uh, the access is terrible. So for those that are older or have a disability, it'll be impossible for them to visit their loved ones. It's just not fair um, that our community should suffer in this way. So I do urge everyone to write to your MP, just go on the website, find out where you live, write to your MP and say, will you please raise this issue about Tottenham Park Cemetery? I have family or close friends buried there and I'm very worried about the future. Because believe me, if, you're, if your loved one's graves fall into, you know, not looked after or, you know, not visited for a long time, um, we've had occasion, we've had incidents of graves, people go there after a few years you know, for whatever reason, they're not able to visit, they might move away, and they find they can't find the grave anymore. So in order to protect, mm. um, you know, the graves of their families and loved ones, in order to ensure that those graves are treated with dignity and respect, that it's important that we as a community support this campaign. I mean, if people want to follow the, the work of the, the campaign group, Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group, what, well, the what, where's the best Facebook place page. for them to go? So it's um, Tottenham Park Cemetery in Montague Road. Go on there. Um, I don't think there's a website, but I think you can for certainly follow it on there. We try to keep that people well informed about that. Yeah, I th- we would we would like to have a website. And if, yeah, I think we're trying to develop more information there. on there as well about other uh, other options, which will be we're yeah. trying to get publicised in the local media and Turkish papers. Um, as well and we're going to be posting on other sites to try and you know we just want to try and raise awareness uh, as widely as possible um okay uh, baroness baroness meral hussein Ece, thank you very much for joining the bandofla podcast and helping us to shine uh, a light on this um, very clearly a very important issue for for those communities uh, bury their their loved ones in in private cemeteries not just tottenham park cemetery um, but, but others ac- across the UK. Uh, thank you for your time. Okay, that was uh, Meral Hussein Eje, uh, Baroness Meral Hussein Eje, I should say. Um, thank you for that, uh, Meral. That was very uh, insightful. Um, before we move on to our next speaker, Sam Johnson from the Match girls 1888 campaign memorial campaign kind of tempted to bring in something a bit more light-hearted but um it doesn't sound right does it we're talking talking about a really serious subject um so i think we're gonna give that uh, a miss so the subject of Tottenham park cemetery has come up and I think it's only fair that we offer a right of reply. So if um, I'd like to formally extend an invitation to representatives of uh, Tottenham Park Cemetery, you're more than welcome to come on to this show. We may even organize um, a panel session, a head-to-head 
between yourself and uh, a member of the um, community group. But we'd certainly like to get uh, your response to some of the issues that are being highlighted. Obviously, you can't comment on legislation. That is what it is. But there are serious concerns being raised by by the community and the community wants some answers. So that offer is being extended to you. So, okay. So again, without further ado, let's uh, listen to Sam Johnson and her excellent campaign. And this is in relation to the Manor Park Cemetery in East London, which has some serious historical significance in terms of people that are laid to rest uh, there. So let's let's hear what what Sam has to say. Sam Johnson is the founder of the Match Girls 1888 campaign, which is for the Match Girls Memorial to be produced. For those who have not heard of the Match Girls, you will have heard of Bryanton May, whose name is still in use today in relation to the production of matches, although a Swedish company now runs this. Bryanton May's first factory was in Bow, and so the story of the Match Girls and Sarah Chapman who is a great granddaughter of Sam Begins. Sam, can you tell the listeners why the Match Girls are such an important part of trade union history? Sure, yes. Uh, Well, the Match Girls strike came about through the sheer grit and determination of a group of feisty and strong young women and girls. And basically, they'd had enough of the low pay and the long hours and the unfair fine system and the dangerous working conditions they had due to using white phosphorus to make the matches, which caused fuzzy jaw. So they were also helped by a rising tide of change and reform in the air at the time. This is late 1800s with the likes of Annie Besant and the Fabians. And it was amazing that in less than a fortnight, the match girls had stood up to the management, walked out on strike, gathered public support and won the strike and and later Friedrich Engels um, another social reformer described the victorious strike as the light jostle needed for the entire avalanche to move and and later Henry Snell another social commentator said the match girl strike had an influence which entitles it to be regarded as one of the most important events in the history of labour organisation in any country And of course, the Match Girl strike happened a year before the dock strike in 1889. And the leader of the dock strike, Ben Tillett, also said the beginning of the social convulsion which produced the new unionism. And he was talking about the Match Girl strike. So you can see they had an enormous um, impact on on trade unions and and the new union movement. Yes. And it is a very, very historic um, dispute in terms of the the labour history. I mean, I was doing a a little bit of research around the workforce, and I think around the the time of um, in in 1888, they they had employed around 5,000 workers, I I think, if if the record that I read is correct. And obviously, a large number of these workers were children um, and women, um, some as young as six years old. Is that is that right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the the numbers vary of the numbers of I think it fluctuated depending on the season because some of them were seasonal workers and went off to pick hops in the summer. So some, some I think the most of, um, often quoted report is about 1400 in the workforce. But yes, they were very, very young. Lots of teenagers. I mean, they, it was it was commonplace to start work at um, about 12 or 13 there but they did they definitely had some very younger workers as well that they used for carrying materials from place to place um, but there were lots and lots of uh, mainly uh, female workers so girls and women um, although there were some men and boys as well. Okay so this episode is is dedicated to trying to raise awareness around the some of the problems that um, you know, people are having with private cemeteries in terms of burials and some ongoing issues. Um, your campaign has run into uh, your, your own kind of issues in terms of the lack of regulation in 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 relation to private cemeteries. When did you find out about 
this amazing connection that that you have with Sarah Chapman and her amazing past. Yeah. Um, and and go, if you can tell us a little bit about the issues that that you've been having with Manor Park Cemetery, where where Sarah Chapman is laid to rest. Sure. Yeah. So well, I mean, I always knew that Sarah was my great grandmother. Um, had photo of her on the wall for years, but didn't realise um, her connection with the strike until I discovered it by accident. It's 2016. Um, I discovered that Anna Robinson had written an MA thesis all about Sarah, which told of her leading role in the strike. Um, she was on both the strike committee and the union committee after they won the strike. And she also went on to represent the Match Girls. And also uh, she went to Liverpool TUC in 1890. Um, but at the time that Anna was doing her research on Sarah, um, as far back as 2004, she discovered Sarah's grave at Manor Park Cemetery, mm-hmm. um, and she she told us um, where this where this grave was. And my husband and I went there in January 2017 um, to go and see if we could track the grave down, and and we did find it. Um, but it was very sad. It was an unmarked sort of grassy patch which was used as a pathway between other graves, and Sarah was in a pauper's grave of, and she was one of six. And it was actually very moving to to find her grave. Um, But also her husband, uh, Charles Henry Dearman, he is also buried in the cemetery along with two of their children. Um, And we we went off, set off to try and find his grave as well. Um, But unfortunately, um, it had already been mounded over. Now, what this means is mounding, it's a brutal process that involves clearing the whole area of all headstones. The area is then flattened with a JCB and then pile, they pile on new soil. And then what happens is they leave it for three to five years to settle so that new burials can then be made. So the day that we went there, by chance, there was a cemetery director on site, and he assured us that there were no plans to mound over where Sarah was buried, because you can imagine, having just found her, um, it was devastating to think we might lose her. But mm. he told us that we could mark the grave as we saw fit and so we we went off kind of although sad I couldn't find my granddad it was you know we were sort of reassured that Sarah's grave would be okay so you can imagine a month later where we actually wrote to the cemetery to to thank them for their help that day um, they wrote back to us and we were horrified to learn that they actually did have plans to mound over where Sarah was buried um, in the next five to ten years so this precipitated a lengthy exchange of correspondence between us and the cemetery directors as we sought to find out one more about the technicality of what the process of mounding actually means for the um, occupants of the grave and also to ask them if they could reconsider mounding over Sarah's grave um, particularly given her historical importance with the match girl strike and there were other five five other people in the grave as I said but the cemetery wouldn't allow us to to name them we wanted to put a little plaque to them as well but they wouldn't let us they stated it was something to do with uh, data protection which is um, of course they're all dead so it's you know that can't be true but anyway they wouldn't let us do it um and then at one stage the director we were corresponding with to start with Angela Rutterman just actually blankly refused to speak to us anymore she said that she wouldn't answer any more of our questions which as you can imagine was a little bit frustrating um and then for a long time we also wanted to um actually accurately mark where Sarah was so that when they did mound over her if we couldn't stop it that we would actually be able to go back and find the same spot where she was and for years they actually Mm. literally refused to let us do that Um, however they did last year finally um, allow us to go and do that so we had a digital survey uh, paid for by us um, and so we actually have the exact um, location of where she is now for future reference Mm -hmm. Um, so so that's kind of good but um, you know then um, the cemetery has made some concessions. They they tend the grave for us, um, and they did eventually allow us to commission a, a proper permanent headstone for Sarah. Um, but the thing was, um, having raised the funds via Unite the Union and the GMB, um, we then learned from a third party in late 2019 that the, uh, the cemetery changed their mind and they weren't going to do the mounding in five to ten years' time, as we've been told um, many, many times over. But it was actually going to be in 2020. Mm-hmm. So that gave us no time to 
to kind of think about anything, you know, having previously all along told us five to 10 years and we thought we could put the headstone mm. up and all of that kind of thing. I've got an 82 year old father who's Sarah's grandson and he would love to see the headstone in, in place. Um, and if they do mound, that means we would have to wait, you know, th three to five years before we could even think about putting a headstone on that plot. Um, mm -hmm. So, of course, um, we, we, we started a petition to try and kind of stop them from mounding and to sort of gain some political and public support. Um, not least because in 1998, we also learned that it was reported in The Guardian that a teacher had been walking through the cemetery with his young child and they'd seen uh, human bones on the surface in the in the cemetery um so he was obviously horrified about this so it just shows that how they you know with the, the mounding process and the way that they they do various things you know it it does actually um sort of raise the question that human remains can be disturbed so anyway we, we wrote mm. to the ministry of justice um because we wanted them to at least investigate this to try and halt the mounding process um, and we have had um, some exchange with Alex Chalk and uh, many MPs and peers, in fact, have supported our, our campaign. But at the moment, we still haven't, you know, we, we've still got to the point where the cemetery will not stop their mounding process. And of course, it's only a private cemetery that can do this. Mm -hmm. um, and significantly, yeah. we, we finally, finally managed to secure a face to face meeting with the cemetery in September um, when we discovered that, in fact, having all this time been told that when they put new soil on top, they put seven feet of new soil. They they even told this to Angela Rayner's office when, when they wrote to her. They've now admitted they only put yeah. four feet. So you can imagine that when they actually do dig the new burials, it will dig into the existing plot. And there is a danger that they will disturb the, the human remains that are already in there. And, you know, not, not just for for Sarah's sake, but also many of the um, the people that were killed in the Bethnal Green disaster in the Second World War are also buried in the same area as Sarah. So uh, clearly, you know, there's there's a number of other family members with ancestors buried in that area. Isn't it? It's not just us. So um, yeah, so it's um, it's quite a a big um, a big deal, really, and. We just want, you know, we just really want somebody to to investigate it. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you've got the the circumstances around your great grandmother, but you mentioned the the disaster concerning Bethnal Green. So it's, um, it was it was basically um, in in there was an air raid um, siren, as I understand it, and and the bus stop um, next door to the um, to, to the um, the safe place and the, the bus stopped everybody got out of the bus went down into the air raid shelter and i think what happened was somebody tripped and i think um many many people were killed i think it was something like 170 some something people were killed um very very sad um and they were largely you know there were a number of them that were buried in manor park cemetery um so the the um the family members are aware that the the area is to be mounded and they've been told that the cemetery will move the headstone somewhere else for them, but um but they they hadn't realised the implications of future new burials coming along post mounding and actually the danger of that their their family members being kind of disturbed. Um, of, of course, the cemetery yeah. deny that there is any disturbance, but nobody checks. There's no, there's no check. There's no, um, there's no real reassurance apart from the cemetery's word to say no, we don't disturb anything. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some real historical significance connected with um, the Minor Park Cemetery, and I, I think it's great for listeners to to hear what you're saying, because so, ultimately, ultimately, one of the reasons, the key reason, really, we're doing this is to you know, create some outreach and, and grow awareness so people can, you know, support your campaign. And, and talking about your campaign, I mean, you've kind of really eloquently explained what it's about how to achieve your goal. What What is it your your campaign hopes to hopes to achieve and how can the public get more involved with 
with the work of the Match Girls 1888 So campaign. basically, as I mentioned earlier, we, we have a petition um, ongoing um, so on change.org. So um, listeners can go, go on to change.org um, and um, search for Sarah Chapman's grave and the petitions there for, for anybody to sign it. Um, but we also urge anybody to write to their MP to urge them to contact the Ministry of Justice. I mean, Alex Chalk has had a number of MPs write to him already. And, um, you know, we just really need to kind of put some pressure on from all directions. Right. OK, we're coming to the end of, of the um, podcast interview. So in terms of what your campaign hopes to achieve, um, how can the, the public listening get involved and support your work? So to the petition that we started um, earlier on, that's on change.org. Um, so if people want to go on change.org, search for Sarah Chapman um, and they can go on there and sign that. That would be great. But also, um, if people could write to their MPs, some action on, in this particular case. Um, so that's kind of a more local thing. What we'd really like is to have um, some kind of investigation of mounding so that it's not just the cemetery's word saying we don't disturb human remains. We'd like somebody to actually go and do a formal in inspection so that we can all be sure that, that you know, the mounding doesn't disturb human remains. But in, in the bigger picture... Um, the, the Manor Park Cemetery is a, is a private cemetery and they don't have to follow the same rules and regulations as municipal cemeteries. Uh, they follow some guidance called the Lednet Guidance and if they do have to make more space for burials, they do something called lift and deepen. They don't do the mounding process at all. And lift and deepening is something they have to apply for a licence from the Ministry of Justice and they always make sure that the existing occupant of the grave is remembered their name is still on the, the headstone and and relatives can go and find their their ancestors uh, graves easily whereas at manor park there's no way of finding them so what we really want the you know the bigger question is is for there to be a level playing field so that all cemeteries have to follow the same rules and regulations and it doesn't matter whether it's a private cemetery or a municipal one there is a way of, of treating the uh, the graves of people with respect and and also you know to make it easy for people to find their their relatives and, and not get them lost forever um, and it seems like a fairly easy thing to ask but um, apparently it's it's not so easy. Okay, well, we'll certainly share the link for the petition. Um, in terms of the episode being dedicated to raising awareness around the, the problems with private cemeteries, there's a growing consensus around the need for law to be equalised. Um, and hopefully this will go out to MPs and go out to members in, in the Ministry of Justice um, because... I think you're right, Sam. We, we have a, a responsibility to turn up the heat on those people who, who change, you know, who are responsible for the law. Um, and if, if MPs don't hear our concerns, things won't change. So um, I thank you sincerely for, for joining me uh, today for this conversation and take care. Thank you, Fevzi. Okay, we're coming to the final part of the show. That was Sam Johnson talking from the Match Girls 1888 memorial campaign. Some really interesting stuff there, uh, Sam. And it's great to see that some of the big trade unions are also involved uh, in supporting your campaign. Um, I hope the TUC um, puts out a call for all the trade, trade union movement to support the work that you're you're doing i know you've also got a patron um who's barbara plant uh, i know barbara well barbara's the national president of the gmb so good luck with your campaign um just quickly i'm pretty sure your son sam hoskins is going to be listening uh, sam plays for northampton town as a, a striker uh, good luck with your uh, career sam uh, maybe one day we can get you on the show as well um so as I said, we're we're at the final stages of of the show uh, for this particular episode. 
and we will now be going on to speak with the leader of Enfield Council, Nasil Chalish Gunn, who has been very supportive of the work of the Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group. So without further ado, let's uh, hear what Nessel has to say on the issue. Nessel, welcome to the podcast. Um, Hello, thank you for having me. Why has the council made this issue? Uh, yeah, no problem. Why has the council made this issue a priority? Uh, well, I um, first actively got involved in the the campaign um, shortly after I was elected leader, actually, um, and it was brought to my attention by um, the activists that were involved um, for a very long time, highlighting. Um, the really, really awful situation with the cemetery, um, both because um, uh, people were going to see their loved ones um, uh, and, and were just witnessing the terrible conditions that the graves were in, um, but also because there was quite clearly criminality. And um, although it's a private cemetery, it's not run by the council, um, many of those activists turned to the local authority um, to see if we were able to help. Um, and we tried to play our, our, our part in raising the issue to, to ministers and through various channels. But I mean, to answer your question directly, why did we get involved? Because so many people, so many residents were being affected by it. And it is just such an injustice. It's the right thing to do that as leader of the council on behalf of Enfield Council, um, you know, I do what I can working with so many good activists to, to highlight the issue there. OK, great. So under your leadership, you've also prioritised opening a new some new cemetery space in Enfield, I've noticed. Um, what's the what's the main motivation for the council behind that? Well, as a local authority, we have a legal duty actually to to plan um, so that there is enough cemetery space for um, future years. So we have a legal ob ob obligation to do that, and we do it through um, our planning policy documents. And we're working on something called the local plan at the moment. But um, also, I am aware that there is a shortage of cemetery space in the borough. And we have a growing population set to grow by 50,000 in the next 10 to 15 years. And we're going to need cemetery space. We've made it a priority to find suitable space um, as soon as possible. We, we've done that already in the last two years. We've extended um, uh, spaces at Edmonton Cemetery and, and Southgate, and we've got other projects down the line. But I guess the only other, the other thing I'd say is, you know, um, the more... Uh, council-run cemeteries that there are, the better, um, because I think that we are seeing too often issues with privately-run cemeteries. Some of them are very good, but more often than not, the the cemeteries that we come across that are problematic are the ones that are privately run. I mean, your your support in terms of the campaign, I know the Tottenham Park Cemetery Action Group are, are very grateful to the support of the council under your leadership. Um, obviously, the Ministry of Justice has been taking an interest in in the issue. Um, what would you like to see the Ministry of Justice do in response to the campaign being run by by the Action Group? Well, there's already mm -hmm. recommendations mm -hmm. in in the inspection report. Mm -hmm. Um, but what what would you like to see them do? Mm -hmm. Well, I should say first and foremost that you know this campaign was very much led by those involved in the in the campaign and not by the local authority you know we um have given our support to it you know i've gone in to, to meet with the department of justice with senior officers but you know this was a campaign that was very much led by residents and um certainly uh baroness um uh, meral Edger. so uh, the, the where we've got to with trying to get some improvements in the cemetery is really very much their success um, what would I like to see? I think almost immediately, I think um, the minister should see that the uh, recommendations in the inspector's report 
are delivered. And the inspector's report is pretty damning. You know, it, it says that there isn't much space left in that cemetery. In fact, it says there isn't any space left in the cemetery. So um, if, if the uh, minister just um, saw that those recommendations of stopping any more um, burials, of um, making sure that the cemetery was tidied up, um, and there is a number of other recommendations too, if those were um, implemented, I think that would be a, a good start. Okay, excellent. Uh, Nessel Chalishka, I'm leader of the Enfield Council. I'm delighted that you could join me today for this important um, campaign and we will keep you updated on, on developments. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, we've reached the end of the podcast. Thanks for keeping tuned in. Um, if you've been tuned in all the way, good on you. If you want to send us any questions, send us any feedback, send us any comments, you can email the show at, uh, if you send an email to podcastbundofla, that's B-A-N-D-O-F-L-A. So it's podcastbundofla at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at underscore bundofla, B-A-N-D-O-F-L-A. Please do follow us, uh, share our content, and uh, we look forward to joining you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.